yeah, it's like I'll, I'll just you know t- switch the router and start drawing or whatever because yeah. that stuff like is so distracting. I have all the music I want to listen to on like my phone or whatever, so I don't need internet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a uh, that's one of those ones that's like it's so easy to fall into that YouTube hole. Like uh, I, I just moved recently. So now I have a yard, which is, like, unheard of to have up in, like, Boston. Yeah. But uh, I, I was reading up on, like, how I could, like, trim out some of this yard because it was, like, four-inch tall weeds and shit. Mm-hmm. And I watched a video on how, like, scythe a field, you know, like, old-school scythe, mm-hmm. for two hours. I, I was just, like, sucked into it. I don't know why. But, uh, it's, you know, that's, that's exactly what happens. It, it's it's we're, weird watching those kind of videos where it's like tutorials about something like completely foreign, completely new. And you just, yeah, you get, you get sucked in. It's almost like therapeutic. Like you, yeah, you're exactly. like watching that's, or like mesmerized, hypnotic and shit. I'll do this at work a lot. Uh, for any people like do development or like web design, there's a website called Stack Overflow where you can like, ask or answer questions about code mm-hmm. and uh you know i'll go there to ask a question or i'll go on like my lunch break or something to like answer something yeah and then like the the way their like website works is they have uh how i want to say it like it, it's called the stack exchange so there's tons of those websites for different things like they have one for like personal relationships they have one for workplace stuff and you know and they show you the like top questions on the sidebar even though you're on like the code one Mm -hmm. so i like start looking at the code something about like jquery or javascript you know and then i'll devolve into like i see something that looks weird so i click it and i find out oh it's on like the dungeons and dragons (laughs) (laughs) okay next uh you know, I see something about like personal relationships. And I'm just like, I, I love that kind of shit because you know I'm one of those people who's like, yeah, I'll give you my advice, <laughs> even though you don't want it. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll go read that, and then like I see something like, oh, my boss doesn't, you know, qual or doesn't uh, actively tell me my work is good or something like that, and I'll go there and read the workplace one. Uh, and you just go in that hole, and then you like find out you were reading like nothing, literally nothing. Yeah. Those are problems in someone else's world that does not pertain to you at all. Mm-hmm. I'm the same exact way with Quora, Quora. However you oh, pronounce yeah, it. Oh yeah, that's another one. It's basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You just deep dive and let's see. Oh, what's next? What's next? What's next? It's like, oh my gosh, hour and a half later, you're like. What was my first question again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so insane, but like it works. And, you know, I'm like the ideal person on that site getting sucked into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I, they're like designed. That's like ex, yeah. expert design of we're going to get these people on here. They're, they're, uh, their time per session is probably like eight minutes on average. Just ridiculous. Oh, definitely. Even, like, for Stack Overflow, you ask a question, and then you, like, sit there. You don't even leave the page. No. Oh. Yeah, and like you, like you were saying about Stack Overflow, how, like, suddenly you go from, you know, asking a question about coding to D&D to relationship advice. And it's just, like, there's so many different 
subsections of like the original just Stack Overflow part. It's like you can ask, you can answer any question on there nowadays. There's like a topic for anything. Yeah, honestly, and that's another thing. Is like everyone always wants to say something like, "Oh, I didn't go to school for that," or you know, something like that. Like many of the like tech companies now aren't even looking at like degrees, you know, Mm -hmm. they just want to know you can do it, you know, or that you're like a self starter and like willing to learn it. I think that's like one of those things, like you can learn everything online. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've yet to be like proven wrong, you know, grand. Some things are probably easier in person. It all depends about like your, uh, you know, your entire learning ability through like video or through text. But, like, I've learned so much online. I learned how, like, do a motor swap. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, insane to me. Just just YouTube videos and knowing what to search for or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, there's, like, like you just said, especially nowadays, there's only, like, maybe two or three professions that should probably go to school. Like, a doctor. I mean, yeah, you can learn how to, you know, do a heart transplant online. But I, I don't think there's like a wiki how for it. Though, you know? like, that'd be insane. You ever see some of those pictures? Oh, they're they're just there's so much going on. You, oh, <laughs> not for me. You know, I'm not gonna be the guy that changes your heart out because I watched a YouTube video. <laughs> I bet that's been done. Someone's like, yeah, I'll, I'll check the video real yeah. quick. Pull up WebMD. <laughs> Wasn't there that guy who like attached it, reattached his arm from like a video on how so? What? <laughs> I, I feel like I, I saw that he was like stranded in on, on a mountain or something. Got his arm caught. Oh, he cut like, it off. Yeah, he cut it off. But then he like reattached it wow. by pulling up a video of how so or something. That's disgusting. That's why. Yeah. That's why I stay inside. <laughs> Honestly, that's so crazy. No, and uh, at Sharpie, no straight Mopar four forty baby. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I saw an LS swap, which is just like Chevy's V8. There you but, go. But uh, fun go. fact: when I lived in Pittsburgh, I had a '74 Duster, and uh, that that was like a car. It came out on the line as like you know the family coupe. You know, you get a two door for the family kind of thing. Uh, I was in high school at the time. I bought it off an auction. For three hundred dollars. What color um, was it? It was rusted red, like uh, like a burgundy, but it was so rusted in there. Uh, so I had that, and when I bought it, that was a car, great car for a kid in high school. You know, it's like beat up; it doesn't matter. But after like I owned it for a year, that was a car that like I should not have owned at like seventeen, eighteen. Uh, cause you know, Mopars, uh, they generally swap out with a lot of other Mopar stuff. Uh, oh yeah, but it was real piece of shit, Sharpie. Like it, uh, it hadn't been started since 91, give or take, that was like 25 years. And the first day I got it, the tires blew out while towing it. And then I got it to my place. My mom was so thrilled about, let me tell you. Uh, I was like, oh, it's fine. We'll just put a tarp over it so neighbors don't, like, worry about 
um, and that didn't work. But the first day I got it, I you know I ran down to AutoZone, got all the stuff I needed, got the engine to turn over after it'd been like rusted out. But it was like a stupid slant six, uh, just like six cylinder engine, the smallest one that came with that year car. I was just like, this is fucking stupid. So uh, I call up my buddy who's also like really into cars. And uh, we hit up Craigslist, you know? And we see this guy who's selling his like pontoon boat. I guess like burned down or something. Also really cheap, like 400 bucks. And I call him and I was like, hey, I'll, I'll let you like earn money. Sell me the engine for this. And I'll... You know, I'll scrap this for you and give you what they give me in scrap. He's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So we ran down there, did that, and that pontoon boat that year came with like a 440 from Dodge. Uh, but with like boat motors, there was something about the harmonic balancer and it spun the wrong way. So you had to get a conversion kit. Either way, I was in this car like seven hundred dollars, and I had. A fully running huge V8, like the 440 is what came in like a Challenger, minus like, you know, the six-pack and stuff like that, twin-barrel carb, things like that nature. Had six or $700 into it, went out back, pulled up, you know, YouTube, how, how to drop an engine out of the car, you know, something like that. We followed the guide, fucking jacked the car up, and pulled the engine out with this, like, cherry tree in my mom's backyard. Real thrilled. She loved this car, let me tell you. Uh, snapped the tree, you know, didn't, didn't last. But we got the <laughs> engine in. Uh, engine was in, you know, linked it up with the new trans and everything. And, uh, you know, it, it was like a week job, uh, or it took about a week. But the, like, zero sixty of that was insane because... If you've never driven, like, an older car, they don't have, like, many electronics like a car now would. So, it, uh, you know, it just feels faster. The cars, they're heavier, but if you're like me, you strip it all out. Uh, and it just feels faster because there's nothing sapping the battery or the power or anything like that. So, after having that for, like, two weeks, I was like, I want to do more because I, I caught that bug. That's like that crossroad of owning a car and you start modifying it. And you're just like, I just want to keep adding to it. So I hit up uh, one of those like owners forums for a body Mopars. I think it's called four a bodies own for a body owners, something like that only maybe. Um, <laughs> but I hit them up. Some guy is selling his like drag set of wheels. And this is like, some, I want to say it's like 365 tire or something, something huge that you shouldn't be running on the street anyways. I I feel like it's, I needed a fucking, uh, was it like 18, no, 15 inch wide rim in the back or something like that. It was like super big. It was a straight drag setup. Uh, but I didn't run the skinnies, which were like seven inch wide tires up front. I just kept the stock ones. And after I had that, I started like rubbing and, you know, I had like tub the rear end. I did that like super ghetto-y with uh cut oil drum and just welded that over. 
I had this like what's legitimately a drag car at that point. I was driving school in it. <laughs> Sorry, I told you I was gonna ramble about random shit. Dude, how come your brand wasn't called Bad Mechanics? Because that was a good mechanic job. Well, I know, no, I'm saying like that would, like you you know all this shit about cars, like I actually did a uh a design with um an old cornet and a duster, I believe. That had like these big huge engines. It was on my Instagram for a while, but I ended up removing it. I don't know shit about cars. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those things you can learn online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had like a, I had a M29 BMW, uh, which was like the 83 E28. So not the E30. It was the four-door, so it wasn't as cool. But that was another one. I've never, like, I've only owned one car that I didn't, like, fucking chop to shit. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I enjoy, you know, and I think, like, I kind of want to get a motorcycle up here, so I want to get, like, a Sportster, but I want it to be, like, bobbed out or, like, a hard tail chopper. So, yeah, that's all that money. <laughs> I, I, uh, I used to drive a four-door sedan. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Honestly, cars are one of those things. It's, it's a disease. It costs so much. And then if you start modifying stuff, like, I remember taking the duster to a couple track days, and uh, if you're like me, building that whole thing out like spare parts, you're not going to have a fun time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that same buddy who helped me with the motor his dad was kind of like a local legend, like drag racer. He had a, uh, he, he did really well in those like wheelie competitions they have. Mm-hmm. He had a uh, gremlin with a 440 swap because... Uh, since it was AMC, it had uh, the correct K member to bolt up to a 440. It was fucking insane. But uh, that was, you know, so he, he taught me, like, you know, how to, like, drag race, basically. And I remember taking it to drag race. And the whole goal of, like, drag racing is to keep your tires down. Of course, people want to do wheelies and shit. And I was one of those people. You know, you pop a wheel stand, and when that shit lands, if you don't have Primo parts under there... There's some stuff breaking, snapping. It's expensive. I I think one wheelie cost me like $400 in suspension in the front. It was insane. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense, though, right? Like, Oh, definitely. Uh, Cars aren't supposed to, like pop up and slam down you know right. that's not I what mean, they're they should they do. should be but unfortunately they're not Nah. <laughs> i have like my sister has santa fe i got that like stuck in a creek but the, that suspension last so i don't know maybe they are built maybe it's like all the cars you just least expect like the cars yeah, exactly. the cars that you want to do a wheelie in are not built for it yeah, exactly. You, Something like that. You probably rip a Ford Focus, you know. <laughs> just it lasts forever. I'm just kidding. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Focus has that RS, don't they? They have like a legitimate rally car. Let's find out. Apparently, they got 
they got the hatchback going on. Like I said, I don't know shit. Oh, about- is that the new demon you're talking about, Sharpie? Wait, are they making new demon? I know there's the Hellcat. There's a new Dodge Dart. I don't know. I don't really keep track of cars anymore, like past 2000. <laughs> Sharpie, please respond. <laughs> I don't know. He, oh. He says, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I did see that. It comes with, like, for a dollar extra, you get that box of all the shit, like the skinnies and stuff like that, because they can't sell you, like, a full drag car from stock. But uh, I, I remember seeing that on, like, Hoonigans or something. It's like they sell you this car at, like, $85,000, $90,000, and then for, like, a dollar extra, you get this box that comes with like the bigger wheels, the double. I, I want to say it's like the key to turn on a more horsepower, something like that. Uh, that's, that's like that's the old uh, Jamaica trip because weed is decriminalized. They sell you a, a, a ring for a dollar, and then they give you a big ass bag of weed. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> just like that. Because they, they can't legally... Oh, there's wheelie bars in it. That's what it is. Uh, they can't legally sell you like a drag car from factory. Mm-hmm. There, there was a big issue about that back in the 70s when... Uh, I'll probably paraphrase this wrong, but basically if a company was uh, going to sell a car that was supposed to be used in like NASCAR, they had to build so many versions of it for the street or something like that of that nature. And that's why like the Superbird 446 pack existed. It was like uh, marketed as like a family car, but it's just this fucking like ripped out drag car. If you've ever like seen one, they have that like whole slant nose to them. They have the giant like 10 foot wing on the back. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) It, It was like, because the Superbird's a version of, like, the Roadrunner, just, like, you know, uh, and same with, like, Super B. But, yeah, is the 70s were the real wild, wild west with cars. What are your thoughts on, on uh, the Buick GNX? Uh, let, me, let me look that shit up. <laughs> I wasn't a Buick fan. Buick GNX. I don't know much about it. I can't. I can't. Oh. Yeah. I've, I've never heard it called a GNX. <laughs> oh, what? Uh, well, shit, what are they called? Grand National. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. GN, Grand National, GNX, Grand National, Experimental. Yeah, no, Grand Nationals are sick. All right, that's one of the few, like, r- really cool cars that I know I wouldn't fit in because I'm 6'4", but I've always wanted to just, like, be near just to hear it rip down the street. I feel that. Hit up a car show. Sure, someone has it. I remember uh, I used to see so many of the... Oh, I forget what car it is. But uh, it's like the Judge GTO. Mm-hmm. Like, so many people had clone cars of that because it was such a sick car. But, I don't know. Cars are sick. Bikes are sick, you know. Just try to have fun. Going fast <laughs> is cool. Yeah, I never got a speeding ticket. Same. I, to, I always got, uh, you know, just shit, like, 
cops wanted to look at it because they're into old muscle cars. At this time, too, I had the duster. It was like matte black. And I had, uh, there was this old, it was basically a ducktail spoiler from Kudas. It was called the AAR Kuda spoiler. I had like a replica of it, so I had this like cool ducktail coming off the duster, mm-hmm. modified to fit. You know, like a cop sees that and they expect, you know, some some old sweaty guy be in it. Then they see a kid and they just want to like see what it's about. I've had cops ask me like do burnouts. I'm just like I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, take that badge off for me first. Yeah, exactly. Or. Uh, you know, like catch me on my own private property and I'll do it. Right. right. But uh, high school was such a weird time for me because it's like I didn't fit in because I liked like punk and stuff. And I, we touched on that earlier. Mm-hmm. But then like I went to this area in high school where I went to like a really kind of like slummy kind of school. It was down in towards like the low income housing areas and, you know, like public school. Yeah. But then like down the street was this really rich kid school. So, you know, we, the local place was either like Sheets gas station or like Sonic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we'd all get there and people would want to run each other's cars. And like all the people from like my school actually owned their cars and all the people from the other were driving like, uh, you know, their parents C series or whatever. Yeah. Formatic. Uh, and that was one of those things. I feel like I made more money just fucking around at those kind of things, racing people, than I did at like my job pushing carts at a grocery store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was like because you know, I I knew I had a big V eight. I knew, you know, it wasn't hard to look up what their car had. Uh, so so you say, right, yeah, I can make some money off this clown. Yeah, exactly, and. By the time I started doing it, like, legitly, I had, like, the 440 build up. It was, like, cam. They had the double-barrel carb. I had big, uh, it, it's called the Hemi hood scoop. It's, like, a six-inch hood scoop on the front. Mm-hmm. It's, like, uh, if an STI was a muscle car, you know, like, that big hood scoop they have. Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, I was out there. I was ready. And then my buddy had a uh, Valiant. I think it was. He, he also had, like, some souped-up car. We both just, like... We ended up living together, too, and our neighbors loved us, you know? Like, uh, <laughs> but he had the Air Grabber hood, which was, like, this experimental hood Mopar put out that, like, with a push of a button, it would pop up mm-hmm. so you could get more air to your engine, which was, you know, it was pretty sick. I kind of wish I had it, but I, I just love the look of this, like, big, fat hood scoop. It, it was, like, such a muscle car thing for me, so I never got it. Yeah. But uh, he used to, because he put Dynamat or something like that all on his, like, engine bay, so you couldn't, like, hear the engine until the hood scoop Oh, popped. sure, sure. Oh. I remember he'd, like, pull up next to people in, you know, like, the 2008 Mustang, whatever it is that people liked, uh... And, you know, he'd be like, want to race? Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't hear him. He looks like he's in some grandpa's car. And then, like, he'd pop the hood scoop and, you know, it'd pop up. Roaring. And then you'd hear that thing just ripping underneath. That's awesome. That's clever and that's funny. Yeah, he was always really into those, like, sleepers. Mm-hmm. I, 
I just didn't care because I, I was one of those people who just like liked the rec or not even recognition, but the attention. Yeah, I, I, I definitely did for a lot of attention. Hey, I had a so. I had a straight pipe Harley for the same reason. Maybe not attention, but because you know I like the sound. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But yeah, by the time I uh, I moved to Boston, I had to sell that duster, and that was like my biggest like upset of the of my lifetime, honestly. Because I've had that car since high school, and I worked at a job for three years before moving to Boston, or two years before moving to Boston. I went to college for two years, so like I had that car for seven years at that point. Yeah, uh, and I, I saw it at its like worst. When it came off that auction house, I saw it at its best when it was like matte black. I had uh, the license plate in PA, the vanity plate that said expire, E-X-P-I-R-E. Mm-hmm. That was kind of sick because, like I said, it's my favorite band. And, you know, just like that edgy meme. I had it on a dare plate. That was sick because that's like the only black license plate you can get in PA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it was like fully blacked out. I had the cage in it. It was fully tubbed, uh, badly, of course, but it was tubbed, had the racing seats, you know, it had everything. It was, like, stripped out, weighed next to nothing, and was, like, fast as shit. And then, you know, come uh, time to move to Boston, my mom's like, I'm not storing this. So, What a pain in the ass. But it's like, sentimental value doesn't add any value, you know? Like, I was only going to sell that for what the parts were worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even then it wasn't even like a good drag car for someone who wanted to do it like legitimately because the whole back end was cut up. Mm-hmm. So I had to sell it for practically scrap metal, which sucked. I think I got 800 bucks from it. Oof. Yeah. Big oof. That's, the, that's like a, I don't even like, not like a jab to an ego, but that's like a, that's like heart wrenching. Like, that's that's oh, it. Like all this work and time and effort put into well, this, and like uh, the story went, I applied. So the place that I was working was getting uh, bought out. I kind of met the new owners, and I didn't really like like them. Mm-hmm. So I started looking for a new job, and that's why I applied to this place outside of Boston. Oh, Sharpie just heard how much I made profit, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so I applied this place out in Boston. You know, the in, the interview process took like six months because it was like sight unseen. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they told me, they're like, hey, can you get up here in two weeks? And it's like, I'm not going to tell them no, you know. Right. So I had two weeks to sell it at the second week. I just uh, put it up on Craigslist. It's like 800 right now. Come get it. You know, title in hand ready to go, you know, drive it home. Yeah. And luckily a guy who like was in the Mopars bought it. Uh, he, he came from the forum. He called me up. He's like, Hey, I'm driving from, uh, I want to say Kentucky. He's like, can you hold it? I was like, I'm not going to hold it unless I have cash in hand. And then he just like, was like, what's your, uh, like what's your Venmo or PayPal? And I was like, oh, it's this. And he sent me 800 and I was like, guess I got to hold it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, fuck, it's still, so, that's, you got to be, like, feel bittersweet about that. I I hope he kept it in the same body, but, like, I totally understand if he wanted to put this engine 
which had like no miles because it was a boat engine. Mm-hmm. It's like 440 that was like fresh. Uh, yeah, maybe put it in a different car, but you know, it's whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll get back to it one day. Whew, babies and memories. That's it. Yeah. Fuck, man. This like this. Yeah, we've been cruising, dude. I wish I wish I had some like, like all right. In the last two, like had music playing, and usually like telling a story like that. Like for some reason, the the music would just turn to like sad, like instrumental piano shit. That would be like perfect timing. <laughs> the the like smallest violin. Yeah, yeah, just mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Sharpie, this turned into a car stream. I wish I knew about cars so I can actually contribute to this conversation. Yeah, we, we can switch it back. Uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> no, dude, I, I really, I, like, this is basically how it's been going, just kind of talking about whatever comes up. But uh, if uh, if you don't mind, Sharpie, can you take over for me? I have to really go to the bathroom. Always oh, some stuff. Hey, uh, I don't know. I'll be right back in 35 seconds. <laughs> Yeah, is that like 20 second delay, so? Oh, uh, my name's Ty Sharpie. Currently, I'm working on like a street kind of like BMX magazine, but no no brand currently. Just in the early stages. No, he had a great brand, and he decided to sell it. I didn't even sell it. I just quit it. Oh man, what are you doing with all that intellectual property? Was that? What are you doing with all the designs and everything? You just added to throw it in a portfolio, or? Yeah, I'll probably actually add that to my portfolio eventually. Mm-hmm. I'd never like put it on LinkedIn or anything. Right. But Oof. so hot in my room right now. Yeah. I, I to get actually like decent quality like recordings going on over here, I turn off the window unit and it just uh it starts getting a little yeah, exactly. get a little musty in here after a little bit. <laughs> so you know, okay, with I guess with the, with the zine, you said you're going to start doing merch. Is it like, do, do you ever plan on, and I might have already asked this, and I apologize, do you ever plan on actually like starting uh, another strictly clothing brand? Uh, probably not, no. No, just 
not not about it? Nah, it's just uh like I said, it wasn't about clothing for me. Um this at least like it's a hobby that I like. Uh so I'll stay interested in. It. Mm-hmm. That's my thought at least. Yeah. And it's like if I ever feel like that's too much work, I'm just going to go ride my bike, you know? It's like that's it. <laughs> it's, it's a perfect escape. Yeah, exactly. And it's like the stuff that I'm doing for that magazine is just like looking through photos, you know, it's like super memorial. Is that a word? Like how I want to say that? Like not memorial. Cause it's not in memory of, right. but it's like just going down memory lane. Like I was looking through some last night and it's just like some of the shit my friends like took pictures of or like I took pictures of is insane. Mm-hmm. Like I have this one picture of a bike. Uh, there's like a loading dock out in the back of this factory. It's probably like 10 feet high and straight uh, is over icing it. And it's just like, damn, I don't even remember that night. But, but we have a pic of it. <laughs> right, so it happened and it's cool as hell. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, uh, there's a brand in Boston uh, that kind of like started low-key hooking me and a couple friends up. Uh, and... You know, they're just like, yeah, just go film stuff and wear these shirts. And I'm just like, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that shit's fun. Uh, like, one of my buddies, he, you know, those like moving trucks. If you're not from a city, you won't like know what I'm talking about. But to, just like those big white moving trucks, they have the rails on the bottom to like step up into it. Yep. And they have the like door that like opens like garage door. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he grinded like the back of one. We have a picture and video of it. It's sick, you know. It's just cool. It's really like urban, I guess. You know, it's 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 funny. To bring up like, hey, take these clothes and just wear them in your videos. It it yeah. It, it seems like I don't know. Like as far as like, yeah, I understand. Like if you're starting a brand, you don't really have the money to just be giving away stuff like that. But that's such a such a great marketing tool. Yeah, and it's like if you actually like do it for people who like get seen and stuff like that. If you think like I ride my bike uh, usually about like three or four hours a day mm-hmm. after work, so it's like that's three or four hours that your shirt is like being transported around Boston. You know, it's like that's pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, but also, that's the other thing is like if you're going to do it for people who are like generally like trespassing and like what would be like defacing property because you know it damages it is that the clientele you want to pick up you know it's like and that was like one of the things with bad neighbors was i tried like getting it into it to like actually you know get my friends to wear it and like ride around and get clips of people in it and stuff like that mm-hmm. but it felt so dis like ingenuous just because it didn't start for bmx so i felt like i wasn't like staying true to it you know i felt like i was shilling for bmx right it was yeah yeah yeah. we're shilling for like the following from bmx because that's like an untapped market because if you think about how like you would split that market up you know it's like streetwear startup is a majority of the people you'll get i i think we've like we being like me, Wes, Yams, Dylan, Zach, all of them, uh, Paulie, Tyson, kind of determined that 
the max amount of followers you can like pick up from streetwear startup. And this is like going off numbers from like, you know, three, four months ago was about six fifty. Mm-hmm. After that, that's when you start hitting like organic followers. Yeah. So, you know, it's like if that's your base clientele, how can you expand into others? But then there's other ones like skateboarding and BMX where it's like if you don't even do the sport or if you're not like helping the sport advance or the hobby, whatever you want to call it, uh, you're just going to appear like a poser and disingenuous. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> and, it's, it's, it's a, it's a weird climate, I guess, as far as yeah. you can either, you can try to do all these different things and they, they might work, but if you get called out, like, well, what are you going to do then? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's like the call-out could be, like, what keeps you or what ends you, you know? I've seen brands get called out, but since they get called out on a big page, they get more followers. Yeah. There's there's just so many, there's so many external variables, you can't even, like, account for everything that could possibly go wrong. Yeah, and, like, just to go back to, like, what Sharpie's saying with 650, it's like, yeah, like, 650 is good, but you don't want to base your success on your Instagram followers, you want to base it on sales. You know, it's like if you're running a business, you're more worried about sales. Instagram followers help you get found. But if you have low followers, but they're all like religiously buying your stuff, it's much better than having more followers and, you know, not getting sales. Cause I've seen brands, you know, three K followers, four K followers struggling to sell out of, low quantities you know it's like there were a couple from the sub i'm not gonna name them because i don't want to be like a dick but uh you know they they definitely it's like they have all those followers and they get you know likes and whatever but likes aren't money right and that's not uh it's a vanity likes metric yeah likes don't get keep your lights on right it's like they're they're better at running uh, social media than selling clothes. Yeah, exactly. And I think that like goes into like I, I always told people who like asked me for advice, like, you can either do three things with a brand, right? And when you start out you have to like pick one. You know, you can have good customer service, you can have good designs, or pick two, we'll say pick two. Mm-hmm. Good designs. Or you can have good, unique, like, cuts. You know, that's, like, your three selling points. If you, uh, you know, you can have, like, let's use Ask Club for example, because everyone knows their customer service was shit for a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had okay design, but it had the celebrity backing of it, and they had good cuts. Like, they used uh, Independent Trading Co., for non-guild and stuff, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, like, independent trading code, I used those for the fucking electrotherapy hoodies. And they're expensive blanks. They're, like, $26 blanks. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, and they fit great. Like, anyone who bought one of those was, like, oh, this is sick, you know? Like, I've never had a hoodie fit it this well. So it's, like, you can definitely... Uh, provide those things and that was one of the things like i wanted to provide good design and good customer service Mm -hmm. granted i didn't really want to deal with returns so i set up like a no returns but i was more than happy to like hook people up and like 
help them out if they needed something. Uh, you know, you just had to reach out. Right. And I think that shows when it came down to, like, even after closing the brand, I still am, like, actively answering questions and, like, talking to people who followed me. And, like, you know, if you have any questions, message me. It's like, I might not be writing it now, but, like, that doesn't change the fact that I scaled up. Just keep in mind, the original thought of Bad Neighbors started in May, right? Mm-hmm. And I posted the logo on Streetwear Startup, Start Building Hype in June. But I didn't send anything, get screen printed until September. And I got that back in October. That's a good six months from like the first post or first like thought to or actually, the first product. Well, I messed that up. Sent in August, got it back in September, sold it. Then I sent out an October release. For the two long sleeves, it was a, uh, it was the mischief crew, mischief kit, and the like creeper van shirt. I sent those out, and they kind of like got delayed, but I was still able to drop them in time. Plus, like two beanies, mm-hmm. but the beanies didn't like. I didn't want to sell them alone, so I sold them, or I didn't want to sell them. There's something about those. Oh no, beans were for next drop. Actually, my bad. Uh, so yeah, I got those two long sleeves and I was able to move those cause like the time was right. It was around Halloween, mm-hmm. uh, and all of that. And then, you know, I got struck with, uh, that screen printer problem from California, which I can go into more detail there. But, uh, you know, I was always down to like help people out. Like if someone, like, I, I think when I was trying to get rid of the beanies, I just was like, message me and I'll tell you your shipping cost and we'll just ship it. And it was like, you know, everyone paid probably a different amount because it's like, oh, I'm from California. I was like, okay, well, the beanie cost me six bucks to make and it's $3 shipping. So send me nine and I'll ship it, you know? Because mm-hmm. I, I was more into like, I just wanted people to like wear it and enjoy it, you know? Right. That 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 seems like such a that's such a great you know strategy. If you were trying to do strictly you know if you only had marketing in mind, like you know at cost, here's a product, wear it, enjoy it, you know. Yeah, exactly. And like if you think about it from like an artist view, I made ninety. My first drop was actually like so. My first actual drop was the collab with Wes from Stay Hands. That was the. Uh, cream and blue t-shirt and that was like that gave me startup money and Wes was another one who uh you know I I owe any startup of my brand to Wes really because he hit me up from streetwear startup and like realized hey you're actually bringing something to the table let's do something Mm -hmm. and uh you know I did the artwork he got the shirt made overseas and uh you know, it worked out. It gave me, you know, $200 like pocket change or whatever to actually start mine. And then since I already had like a name from that, cause like people already wanted like more from it. You know, I talked about earlier posting that one design that everyone wanted and that was the wrench one, the monkey wrench. So I posted that and it was like picking up. People really wanted it and I bought 30 or three different designs 
for my first drop, which I feel like most people don't even do like two. They, they always do like one shirt in two different colors or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, these were three separate designs and you know, I got 30 of each, I think, or 25 of each and was able to like sell them all, which is like insane for someone to like come out of the gate and be able to sell off 75, 90 shirts, mm-hmm. whatever it was, you know? But no, then that's like, Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just agreeing. Like, yeah, that, 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 that seems like a super success. Yeah. And then there's like, with the limited amount, people miss out and it's like, it sucks, but it's like, Hey, this, I didn't want to reprint. That was my thing. I wanted to do like one, one time releases. So everything was kind of limited, but then that's like, if everything's limited, nothing's limited, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, if everything's special, nothing's special. Uh, so I kind of like started hitting that issue but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if you strive to, like, do at least two of those things, you'll do pretty well. Right. And they – great design, great customer service, and what was the third one? Uh, like, unique or custom, like, cuts. Okay. So, like, if you wanted to go overseas and do, like, cut and sew through, like, Pakistan or whatever people are using now, mm-hmm. uh, you know – you can do it with good customer service and just make branding pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, you have a cool brand name, you know, like you put it on there on a unique bag or a unique shirt and people are into it. You know, you don't even have to draw. And that's what like makes me mad about some of those brands that, uh, you know, that's just copy. It's like, it's not hard. Like, I mean, it is hard, but it's like, you can get a following without drawing anything. You know, drawing is not needed, mm-hmm. but drawing does help. Yeah. 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 I, I totally agree. I, I know, if, I know a few brands that, uh, they, well, just off the top of my head, one brand, it's literally their logo on everything. And the other piece that they have is like a record company logo. That was just straight, uh, appropriated. I, I think I actually called him out. Yeah, <laughs> it was on SWS. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I think I, I was one of the people who called him out. It's like that's uh, I, I recognize that uh, record label from somewhere. And that was the other thing, like you know, that that was all fun too. Was uh, being able like it was like scavenger hunt. You know, I see something, I just like start googling around i could usually find something someone stole yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i I feel like i I was one of the people who like ended up calling a lot of people out and like not trying to like start beef with anyone because of it i'm just saying like from an artist's point it's kind of fucked up if you want to steal someone's stuff and then try and make money off it so i was going to try to stop it right right you're the vigilante man that's it. I, I was literally living up to the name. <laughs> <laughs> Got to protect, protect it in the neighborhood. <laughs> that's it. Dude, that's, that's really funny. And I, I think, I think a lot of people appreciate you for that. I do like that. If not for the, the moral aspect, the entertainment value out of somebody trying to defend themselves for their bullshittery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for, uh, one of the things I started experiencing, like even when I didn't have a brand, was just people who don't have brands or like aren't creative or aren't even like putting any effort into it, trying to like 
talk shit about it. Uh, I, I know I'm going to get shit for mentioning this from people if they listen, but uh, back when we had like the streetwear startup Discord and stuff like that, mm-hmm. we had our own friends Discord, like me and a couple other brand owners, that we found that we got uh, you know better feedback from each other rather than you know random uh, like John Doe who just joined the Discord for like a minute to get his idea for whatever kanji tea you know yeah so we we went through like a falling out uh recently and that was just because of like some other shit but there was a kid in there who you know like wasn't doing anything creatively wasn't like helping people he didn't really understand like running the brand or maybe he did understand it but he didn't actually do it so it was just like it was hard to take any of his advice if you could call it advice, uh, seriously. Right. And that's the other thing. It's like, you know, just cause someone gives you feedback doesn't mean you have to take it. Oh, absolutely. That's just like, I, I think that's something like I noticed a lot with that subreddit was people would always try to implement feedback. Like the whole point of critiquing versus criticism is, uh, you know, critique is like me telling you, I might not buy this. But what would make this more appealing is if you used, like, different colors, you know? Because, like, this red you used is extremely polarizing. Uh, something like that. Uh, and just to answer Sharpie on that one, uh, I, I've been sipping tea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's like, that's extremely polarizing, so don't use it. Use this. Mm-hmm. I, I see that a lot with, like, people who want to, like, get real edgy with their brands, which is fine. You know, you need to have like fuck cops or whatever. I, I know Yams tried getting me to say like fuck cops on his live stream once. Uh, Cause like, I don't know. I don't really have a problem with cops. I think, you know, just like anything, there's good and bad. I've never had a problem with a cop. Tangent, you know, yeah. like I have dealt with plenty of bad ones, you know, but, uh, I, uh, yeah. I, I know you're, I know exactly where you're coming from. When you're saying like taking, advice or critiques or criticisms from somebody that really doesn't have the credentials to give them. And that's like a learned skill too, is like being able to take criticism well or critique well. Uh, I remember being in college, like you think like, like I said, the demographic of streetwear startup is probably somewhere in between like 14 to 18 with a couple people overlying in the Mm twenties. I've seen like full blown, like 25 year olds and stuff tearing up from getting like actionable critique like even at work you know like the goal of critique is to like help someone get better yeah it's not to like trash them but like some people you know it's understandable you know you put a lot of time in this so it becomes like an extension of you almost Mm -hmm. and anything they say becomes like a personal insult it could be like hey i don't think this blue works well on this could you try this and like that could be their favorite blue, you know? Yeah. It's so just, it's oh, just like, oh, like, oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah I, <clears throat> like I've seen, I've seen, uh, you know, full blown 20 year old, 30 year olds, like in tears after like getting nothing like ripped to shreds. I know that's like the, the, uh, meme that people use for like graphic design places or like design agencies. They always say like, Oh, my design got ripped to shreds. But in reality, it's like, if someone's giving you a critique, but it's not actionable, 
I wouldn't even worry about it. Right. That's I I I know from from for me, uh, I hate like getting positive feedback. I I hate just like generic like this looks good or whatever the case is like. I, I know I know something needs to be improved, so just tell me what needs to be improved and like tell me why it needs to be improved. Yeah, I think that's like uh you know, everyone has different opinion on stuff. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. I yeah, I, I agree. I think like the oh this is sick or like what's the real common one? Like wood cough, you know. Yeah, or it's just like that's like, that shit's like I, I see brands get destroyed by that phrase alone, wood because uh who was it? It was uh he had a t-shirt that like I'm not gonna lie the design wasn't that great but uh you know it said like wood cough or you know 50 people said wood cough mm-hmm. so he's like oh no I have to like meet this demand so he like, ordered more than he could actually sell and then he just took like a huge loss oof <laughs> I, I've seen that more than probably 10 times on that sub that sub like it's great to help out, but like it can really damage you starting out. Yeah, oh, I absolutely, I, I totally agree. Uh, just something, so, something simple like that. Uh, you know, a bunch of people. It's not even. It's not even like a commitment or anything like that. It's just a. Yeah, it's like okay, send me money, and then I'll like add you to the list. Right, and that's like if if I were to start another brand, I would totally do that pre order route. Like holding stock sucks. Uh, you know, I would definitely just try and make like, you know, enough to sell to pre-orders, mm-hmm. but you can't like make a brand just off pre-orders. Yeah. That'd be really difficult, especially starting off. Like, yeah, just, exactly. Uh, like it's such a, it's like a, I don't know if catch 22 is the right term, but it's just like a, you can either hold stock or like take a gamble, hold stock or only take pre-orders and maybe like four or five people committing. It's just like, well, shit. Yeah, exactly. How, how do I like, start this? How, how you tell pre-orders you didn't get enough to pay for the samples. You know, it's like whenever I did my brief, very brief stint in cutting, so it came out to like $100 for a sample tee or something like that. And it's like if this T-shirt cost me $14 to make, but I had to buy 25 of them and I would get 15 pre-orders. Am I just going to tell all those people who pre-ordered and were like stoked on it, I'm not doing it? Or am I going to pony up the extra 10 and hope I can hold stock? Right. But then you do have a catch-22 where after the pre-order, how are you going to get rid of the 10 stock? Because then it just like negates the fact people had to pre-order. And that's going to build a bad like behavior thing it's almost where yeah. they realize you'll always just have extra stock after the pre-order. Yeah, so there's really no point. Yeah, for them to commit to it without. Exactly, it's a huge catch point too. It's so like you really like yeah, like bootstrapping is like totally the ideal way to go, but you really gotta you gotta have a, a certain level of commitment, like understanding of what can go wrong, and like you know just kind of planning for the worst because shit can just go bad yeah it's uh I, that's what I thought like when doing brand it was more of like planning how this was going to get fucked up you know so mm-hmm. 
Uh, I mentioned the screen printer from California a couple like, times. Yeah, messing up your stuff or taking too long or... Yeah, basically what happened was I ordered something in October, right? That was the electrotherapy hoodie, the hockey hoodie, the enforcer hoodie, mm-hmm. or the enforcer t-shirt, long sleeve, and then a reprint of the codeine one because that thing flew off the shelf. Everyone wanted that codeine shirt. <laughs> if anything, if I expected to see like any of my shirts on Grailed, it would be that one, guaranteed. Really? But. Oh, yeah, that was, like, I I couldn't even keep those in stock, you know, like, I just, you know, I reprinted it, and the second time around, it was a purple instead of, like, the red, Mm -hmm. and it looked even more like codeine, and it was just, like, people for it, you know, but, uh, you know, that's the thing, is it was a meme, it said, like, keep the neighborhood drug free, but it had this really well-illustrated codeine bottle on it, you know, it's, like, my dad wore it uh, whenever I first came, came or got him in. I, like, flew down to Pittsburgh to see my mom and dad for something. Mm-hmm. And, like, I gave them both shirts. And, like, my mom and dad work in, like, public housing. So it's, like, not something they should be seen wearing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we were at, like, an amusement park. And my dad was wearing a shirt. And I guess he said a bunch of, like, kids were making lean comments to him just flexing on him (laughs) exactly they're just like oh so you you pour it pouring up old man it was just like the dumbest shit because it's like i I mean if you look at my picture i know this sucks for like people on podcasts see how white i am my dad's like that but like also old you know (laughs) so it's just like insane but that's that's just imagine old white guy. I mean, that's yeah, that's exactly. about it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, he ended up pushing the order back, saying, like, oh, it'll be done in November. Then he said December. And kept going, kept going. And finally, January like, 20th, I just, like, you know, called my bank, was like, hey, I want this money back. Because at the time, it was almost $2,000 just held up, tied up, mm-hmm. which isn't good for me like personally because i didn't have like a bank account for bad neighbors yeah so it's just which straight personal if there's anything separate your money early you know mm-hmm. uh that way you won't overspend <laughs> yeah but yes yeah, so i had that all tied up so i called my bank and was like hey uh you know let's let's get this money back and he like closed his store to try like hide it and like we had to go after square and he finally like He's like, oh, I shipped it, you know, or some shit like that. But it didn't show up until, he said he shipped it in, like, January. But it didn't show up till like, February. And, like, the ship date clearly was, like, very recent. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I didn't have them. I I planned for that drop. Luckily, I didn't do a Christmas one. I wanted to do, like, something about, like, decking the halls or, like, the only thing or the halls aren't the only thing getting decked or something like that. Uh, <laughs> it was going to be like a boxing gym, but I'm glad I didn't. Cause that like, you know, worst case scenario happened. Right. You would have, yeah. That you wouldn't have got it until damn May. Yeah, exactly. And it was just like, that was really annoying. And by that time I've already like redesigned the brand. I was selling kind of so stuff. So it was hard to be like, hey, here's some blank stuff of the old logo, which people actually like more. I, I probably shouldn't have read Sun brand. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, 
it all depends on your mood at the time. You can like make some pretty drastic decisions without thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was trying to like sell blanks, but also try and sell cut and sew, and it was tough. And I still didn't even sell them all. I have like a handful of tees left. I, luckily, I sold most of those jackets, though. That was like my favorite piece I ever made, too. These ones I got pulled up, the field jackets? Uh, I can't see because I have it paused, but oh. probably. The, yeah, the, the BDU coats? Yeah. Because like I said, I wear a lot of just like BDUs and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that shit's sick. <laughs> I still wear mine. My buddies wear theirs, you know? Oh, yeah. I, was it... Uh, like an M65 jacket? Uh, yeah, I want to say... Or no, not M65. Because uh, M65 is in the U.S. Mm-hmm. That's like Australia, right? Uh, or Austria? Honestly, I couldn't tell you. I, I think yeah. I think it I might... I, I, I mean, it, it was like full cut and so, though. Oh, okay. But I, I just took uh, one of my BDUs and kind of like measured it out. Uh, made it a little wider and just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's definitely not. There's a lot more pocket going on here. Yeah. Trouble ahead, trouble behind. That's it. <laughs> and it, it stayed true. Who would have thought <laughs> the trouble behind would have been uh, not getting my stuff shipped and then the trouble ahead would be closing the brand. Jeez. Just <laughs> rest in peace. You never, I mean, I guess obviously not. You never got to the point where you could, like, have somebody do all the fulfillment for you. Just all the shipping and everything so you could just focus on design and I never even looked into it, no. you know. Like I, I wasn't making like bank here either. Like I had shit margins because I sold T shirts for less than twenty five, which I wouldn't be like I said, I'd rather sell out than hold stock. Right, right. And then like in the beginning I had the fucking spelling error once. I do remember that. Oh, uh, that was rough. That's like, you know, you can start with three designs, but hopefully you spell them right. <laughs> I mean, but they still, I mean, they'll still sold. I mean, it was almost like a uh, collector's piece, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, it uh, sucks. Like, oh. Well, that thing is like, if I see anything on Grilled, it's going to be one of those misspelled ones. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, whatever works. I'm just glad people, you know, enjoyed the brand and people were sad to see it go, you know, that's... I mean, like, I mean you left a positive impact on everybody, so... Yeah, and I wasn't even, like, trying to do that, you know, mm. I, I just wasn't, yeah, you know, uh, just trying to enjoy it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, if I had, like, to do it again... I'd probably stick with uh, blanks. Penso is just like if you're not making like original items, Penso mm-hmm. is not worth it. Just because too much hassle and all that. Yeah, it's like if you want like a cotton fiber T-shirt, All Style makes one. You know, like use an All Style mm-hmm. or something like that. The only like difference is if you wanted like the hand hand shirts I made. Those were cut really, like, differently, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. I probably wouldn't do it, though. Yeah. 
it, it's, yeah. it's probably just, yeah, one of those things where it's like, if, like I guess like, you know, Wesley, he's like, I, I all, aren't every single one of his pieces cut and so. Yeah. So that, that's his whole, that's his thing. You know, that's... Ex- that's his, like, shtick. Yeah, you know? it's, it's pastels, gradients, and cut and sew. So... I guess it, it, I guess I can see how it'd be hard to like totally delve into something unfamiliar. And if, yeah, exactly. shit, if shit goes wrong, like, well, I couldn't even you know combat that because I'd never done it before. So, but that's the thing too is like dealing with people in the U.S. Like, what could go wrong? You know, just timing, really. Maybe they fuck up your design. Mm-hmm. But like dealing with uh, people overseas. It's a whole like language barrier. Yeah, you know? oh, absolutely. They, like people going over to, or trying to get people from like Pakistan's the new spot, and yeah, that's where mine was. Yeah, uh, and I don't know. Everyone seems to have the same experience. Uh, you know, they all, you know, they all play the oh, I need this money and stuff like that. But it's like if you look up all of that stuff, you can see like some of them are running like full blown factories try and tell you they're like running it out of their house and you know that, I, I don't know an, I, I'm glad I didn't stick with it because I started feel like hearing about like people like you know talking about oh yeah they sent me a picture of this piece but there was like you know a child worker in the background or something like that and I was just like ah oof, yeah I'll cut it off oof. yeah big oof that, I don't want to be really into that <laughs> that's oh man because like, especially like you don't even you have no idea what's going on like unless yeah, you exactly. physically fly over there and see the facilities like and it's like uh, even like ones from Alibaba like all of those pictures of factories they use usually are stolen you know oh yeah just, like, something yeah on. They're, they're, they're always just like the exact same picture for ten different stores and you're like hmm like I've seen this before yeah exactly and that's like one of those things you have to watch out for because, like, usually if that were to, like, come back at you, I didn't know isn't going to be, like, the best defense because then you're going to have to explain how you uh, you thought it was okay to send this random guy, uh, you know, $2,000 without even knowing about his factory, you know? Yeah. What the? What did you just break? And what just flew across the floor? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't believe you heard that. I, I'm messing around with a mechanical pencil and just like pulled the piece off that uh, you would like attach to your pocket. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it just shot this spring. Hey, all right, fair enough, fair enough. But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've rambled enough. We're going on like almost two and a half hours. Yeah, that's that seems like the the regular. I think I think this will get a lot smoother once I can do this actually like on a regular schedule and everything like that. So, I guess yeah, we could wrap this up and uh, you know any any final tips or anything like you know you can either give to somebody that is trying to start their brand, somebody you know have has started it already, and anything to look out for, just anything at all. Yeah, I mean, uh, first off, if you made it this far, congrats. Because uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm just rambling. I, I hate hearing my voice on recording, so hey, just, you guys probably hate it too. So Just don't listen uh, to it, dude. Just don't listen to it. I know. Um, I don't know. Starting out, you know, we, we talked about let's, – let's recap the video. You can put, like, scroll here for a recap, you know. Mm-hmm. 
uh, let's see, we, we talked about like the three things you can offer to really like stand out or like the pick two out of three that you should offer, which is like customer service, unique cuts and clothing like styles or, uh, you know, good designs. Mm -hmm. I think that's like still a key thing is like, you want to pick what you want to do there. Mm -hmm. Uh, because unless you have some big startup money, you're not going to come out the gate being able to do all three. I think that's okay too. Is like understanding that it's a learning process. You're not going to come out the gate and be like the next FTP. You're not going to come out the gate be the next Supreme, Off White, whatever. You know, it's it's all learning. You just have to realize that the brands that you'll be comparing yourself to have so much more funding. They have so much more resources. Just like being able to like create stuff in the U.S. if you're doing Kanso is insane. I follow a brand from for like BMX that does all of their like manufacturing in L.A. and like they're doing the same thing I was doing in Pakistan, but they can actually like go down and see those pieces they're making. I think that's like. Yeah, you know, that's just stuff you need to like figure out exactly what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, post on Ray, get your feedback. You know, like don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, like I said, I I answer a ton of questions all the time about like you know these same exact questions, like handling taxes and stuff like that. Reach out to brands. You know, if if you're doing something cool, they might want to collab. That's not saying like don't hit up every single person, their mother being like, Hey, let's, let's hit that collab. Cause <laughs> I had that happening and that's annoying. And like, I know some brands who are really trying to like focus not on collabing this year. They want to do it all organic and that's fine. I think it's just like, do it's the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you want to be treated. Uh, if you, if you're okay with getting hit up to collab by, a bunch of people who are, you know, like, if you have 10 followers, all these people have one follower, you know, like 10 times less. If you're okay with getting hit up by 40 people like that, I guess do you, but (laughs) I I feel like most people aren't. Uh, But yeah, I mean, go out and have fun. Like, people worry way too much about margins, and it's like, the first year of most companies aren't even, like, profitable. The first, like, three aren't. That's why, like, investment firms and venture capitalists exist. But, you know, for this, there's nothing saying, like, clothing is one of those industries. If you can pick your items well and sell them all, you'll profit. It's it's really easy. The markup's insane, too. Like, once you start looking in screen printing, like, screen printing a shirt, like, three location, one color, whatever, is going to be less than $15 and then you're going to sell it for 25 plus shipping. It's insane. The markup, but like, you know, you got to keep track of every expense or else you're going to be losing money. I don't know. I just went on a ramble again. So no, I, I think that that was like a good, uh, a summary of like the last two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, there was something there about owning like a sick drag car in high school. Like if you're like just scrubbing through, go back. That's one of my favorite things. <laughs> Get a get a nice car, something that's loud. Something. That, no, no, not a nice car. Get get a car that you build nicely. Yes, yes. Get a start off with a not so nice car. Make it nice in your own style. Yeah, exactly. exactly. 
and be on the lookout for Touchdown Boy Zine. Touchdownboy.zine, touchdownboy.com. It's not really there yet, so <laughs> don't go yet. <laughs> so, by, by the time, you know, in, in, it's, it's August, or yeah, August 2nd, come, uh, come to the end of the year. When we got, we got 20,000 listeners coming back and listening to this, uh, you'll know what to do. Yeah, big fan. <laughs> we, we should uh, we should have hit up end of year again. I'll, I'll speak from just touchdown boy if I'm still running. No, absolutely, absolutely. We can link up again. I'm like at this point, I what I need to do is have like a, a solid schedule of people yeah. coming on. Like I, we're doing this today. I have uh, a brand hybrid from the UK. We're gonna do it on Saturday. I know hybrid. Yeah, we're gonna go on Saturday just because the time zone difference and everything. Yeah, and then uh, next week I got Atmos on Monday or earlier in the week. It's just I yeah I just yeah it's, I'm, it's good I'm time. sure you're like beating them DMs off with both hands too because that's the same thing. It's like you're probably getting hit up with people who aren't like bringing much to the table. Like hey yeah I'll take free publicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, there's a, at, at this point it's kind of like I'll, like everybody come on like. I don't care if you have five followers or five thousand followers, because yeah. there's there's that potential that your follower could become my follower. So, yeah, exactly. Why not? So yeah, I'm liking it so far. I'm liking the journey, and plus, you know, so what's not paying any bills right now, but I <laughs> I, I have other things that are, so I can you know do those for four hours and do that for another eight hours. So it's it's nice. Yeah, exactly. Just, uh, you know, take it slow. Uh, don't get overworked. <laughs> Keep enjoying it. If you're not enjoying it, don't do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. These Life's too short. That's why That's why I'm, I put in my two weeks last week, and I said, you know what? I'm going, going full in. So, yeah, let's, let's link up again towards the end of the year. And uh, yeah, we'll, sure. we'll do another, maybe maybe it'll only be an hour, maybe it'll be four hours, we'll just cut it up. Word. Yeah, that works for me. All right, sounds good, man. Thanks for talking. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. For sure. Peace.